Well, friends, welcome to another edition of Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. It's a great joy to be able to bring to you people who are making an impact in the community and in the kingdom of God. We've had a lot of great guests over the past year, and I'm showing you now just some quick images of the guests we've had. I encourage you to go to our website at visionstreamnetwork.tv. You'll find a link to the podcast that'll take you to all the conversations at iTunes. So please go there and also on uh, TuneIn. We have also the podcast available on TuneIn. Conversations in Focus is a program that will bring insight, information, and inspiration from our guests from all walks of life. Again, visit the podcast at iTunes or go to visionstreamnetwork.tv. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Gardner. Dr. Stephen Gardner is the senior pastor of Fresh Presence Community Church. He is the president and CEO of Crown of Hope Ministries. He has over 43 years of Christian ministry experience. He equips congregations in areas such as social justice engagement, church planting, disciple making, marketplace revival, end of life care, K-12 education, and transformational leadership. Stephen Gardner holds a Doctor of Education degree from North Central University in Arizona. He has a Master of Arts in Urban Ministry and a Bachelor of Arts in Religious Studies, both from Martin University here in Annapolis, Indiana. Stephen Gardner is a retired U.S. Army veteran. He is married, has five adult children and four grandchildren. I think you will be greatly inspired by this discussion. We're going to talk about, among other things, self-care and renewal, which is a topic addressing those of us who are in ministry, who are in health services, who are caregivers, therapists, anyone who's serving people and giving us out of yourself emotionally and mentally, it's important to recognize the need for self-care and renewal. We recorded this conversation with Dr. Gardner in Phoenix, myself here in Indianapolis, and I want you to really open your hearts and minds to be inspired, informed, and to be enriched by this discussion. We're going now into our conversation with Dr. Stephen Gardner. I want to welcome to our conversation today, Dr. Stephen Gardner. Yes, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Looking forward to this conversation for, for some time. Uh, we have been working together on producing a program that is making a tremendous impact. And this program is viewed online, at your website, and on, the, on your Facebook page. Let's first of all ask you this question. At this time in your life and ministry, what are your main focus areas? Well, my main focus, you know, is to equip the body of Christ to, number one, to think outside the box and to think beyond just doing work inside the church, but to engage the community through um, social action and, and other types of activities that's going to transform society um and so that's what i that is pretty much my em emphasis is to try to motivate the body of christ to uh do some things that they never thought could be done and um and be innovative and progressive about uh that type of activity let's talk about your journey toward earning your phd why did you do this in this season of your life 
Well, you know, um, I've always been a person uh, when I when I started going to school and, you know, I got called to the ministry when I was 19 years old and I didn't start college, my journey in college till till later on. But when I decided to do that, I, I saw the need to broaden my horizon. And so I've done that through both my bachelor's, my master's. But when I got to the, the doctorate, I was inspired or I was motivated by what I was seeing going on in the community with those who uh, expressed themselves or identified with being evangelicals. And this was back in 2008. And I began to look at what they were, how there was a conflict that I saw between what the National Association of Evangelicals say about social justice and about what was being practiced and many of those aspects, they kind of uh, co-opted uh, their faith and kind of syncretized it with, um, with their politics. And so I said, you know, this is, this is hurting the gospel. This is not what we're about. And so I began this in 2008. In fact, I began it the same year that uh, Barack Obama had become uh, president, and I finished it, you know, right when he was exiting out. It was what I saw. It was the contradiction that I saw. And I said, look, I got to go study about this. I want to give not just my my own opinion, but I, I wanted to give what research says. And I, I'm a stickler for what research says versus, based, rather than just what I come up with or what I think. And um so what I did in, in my in my in my um, doctoral thesis, I had to sit down with oh about sixteen pastors that identify with the evangelical movement. That is, they believe that people should have a personal relationship with God, and and, and find out which ones were actually doing something in the community. And so that's so that was part of my dissertation is to interview them and to use a particular research methodology referred to as qualitative methodology and case study. So, um, and I was, in, in, the thing about it is, I was shocked at what I learned, what other people were doing. There are things that you can always think about, but when you find that other people are doing things that you didn't even know existed, you know, and what motivated them. Um, so anyway, in a nutshell, that's kind of um, what guided me on this journey was my passion for social justice. Next question is, what is the Urban Hope Leadership Institute? Well, Urban Hope Leadership Institute, it is, uh, it is, a, um, it is affiliated with Crown of Hope Ministries. And we started out with a traditional classroom format where we would meet like once a month um, or at first it was like once a quarter or once a month, and we would just kind of bring uh, pastors and leaders together and to try to educate them. Now we uh, have formed what we call SOUL, and this is our pilot program for not only for the traditional face-to-face, -face, but also for the online um, emphasis that we're going to do with Urban Hope. Now, S-O-U-L stands for Summit of Urban Leaders. 
Now we're meeting twice a month, two Saturdays out of a month, and we've been doing that now going on three years. And so this is a, a way by which we are engaging faith leaders, both laity and also clergy, around some of the emphasis that we're, that we're talking about. And we're going to move into more of a, um, a online aspect so that other people from other places across the world can connect with the information. My goal is not just to create another degree uh, conferring uh, institution, but rather is to be a conduit that disseminates uh, uh, best practices in the areas of social justice, transformational leadership, biblical studies, and the like. Yeah, this is important. I listened to an online discussion on Facebook uh, a couple of days ago, a candidates forum uh, here in our city. And I thought myself, it was a good idea, but some of the candidates, uh, I think, needed to have a little more polished young people, motivated people doing great work, in fact, who are doing better work than politicians are doing. And they're going to move up. I know. I see it coming. But I think that what you're doing will offer to people like this an opportunity to gain that knowledge, the, the skill sets to understand how research is important. And I just so hope that we can extend uh, the Institute to Indianapolis, you know, and engage uh, these young people, both community-based people, faith-based people. And I've learned more about what you're doing as we've talked and worked together. So I appreciate what you're doing. And I look for an opportunity to support that and look forward to seeing it expand, as you already said, nationwide, worldwide. Let's talk about uh, something we're doing together. I mentioned this earlier. You have a program that you are hosting uh, on Facebook Live through our network, Vision Stream Network. It's called Talking Points with Dr. Stephen E. Gardner. Uh, if people haven't had a chance to see your program, what is Talking Points with Dr. Stephen Gardner? Well, Talking Points... It's it's the it's like the forerunner, you know. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus, so talking points is like the forerunner for uh, for the rest of, rest of the services and products that will come through Urban Hope Leadership Institute. And so, uh, I, I began this process, uh, this talking points, at a very crucial aspect in my life. In fact, I had just. Um, I just uh, got out of surgery and it was like it was at this time that while I was home recuperating for a couple of months, I had this epiphany. This is the best time to really move forward with some of the things that God had placed in my heart. And so that's when I called you up and I began to ask you about, you know, a Vision Streams Network and about what I wanted to do. And so talking points is basically that, you know, we. Uh, we pick some relevant uh, topics to discuss. Uh, some of it is um, um, biblical. Uh, some of it is spirituality. Some of it is, you know, secular stuff. Some of it is leadership stuff. But we try to um, share some things that's just not from, okay, get a sermon together and get to three points and get it out there. But rather, we want to touch people where they really have a need, you know, uh, uh, the needs around health, the needs around uh, leadership, and then be able to draw in, you know, uh, resources and um, 
a substantial information from the academy or from scholarship to be able to make sense and to be able to not just inform, but to provide an education around the topic that we are exploring. Yes, it's a great program. Uh, I should say along the screen, at the bottom of the screen, you see Dr. Gardner's website. I want you to go there. You can view past programs as well as you can view current programs coming up uh, on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. And I want you to, to, to tune in online or get the podcast or go to YouTube channel. Uh, you can find the programs in all those ways. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Steve. Um, you're in a series now, into a series now, dealing with self-care and renewal. And this is a big, big area. I, I told you early on after the first program I, I saw, I put some things in the motion myself <laughs> based on what you based on what you were talking about. Talk about this topic of self-care, the whole area of self-care, not in a selfish way, but the idea that taking care of oneself to help other people. What, what does it mean and why is it important? Well, as a person of faith, and again, I'm speaking from a Judeo-Christian uh, point of view uh, for those who are watching. Um, from a, as a person of faith, there are ways in which we can interpret the, the human as body, soul, and spirit. And so a part of that humanity are these, this tripartite, as it were, of body, soul, and spirit, or emotions, um, mental capacity, uh, spirit, you know, our spirit, and also our physicality as well. As a human being, we are vessels of honor that are meet to, for the master's use. And whether we are a parishioner in the pew that just goes to work every day in some helping profession or whatever there might be, or whether we are a pastor in the pulpit, at some times we're going to experience what's called exhaustion. In fact, for example, people that are that commonly work in areas like uh, with healthcare or caregivers and social workers, nurses and the like, commonly experience what's called compassion fatigue. That is, they've come to the point that they've been doing this for so long, they've been burning the candle at both ends to where they become kind of numb and um, maybe kind of detached from really, um, from what they're really doing or irritable. And so compassion fatigue is a sign that I need to do, spend some time in self-care. Lots of times, you know, when I've worked with, um, in the end of life uh, spectrum, I've run into, you know, spouses who were caring for their husbands, you know, in the end of life, and then they pass. Well, they were both caregiver and spouse. And so now they have to replenish. They have to, uh, they have to do the things that are necessary to build, to, to care for themselves. They've been caring for their loved one. Now it's time to care for themselves. So based upon that, you know, idea or perspective, that's the same thing that we have to do as pastors. We've got to take time out and care for ourselves. Jesus said to his disciples, come apart for a while and rest. And so we learned that. And many times what's happened, uh, uh, Brian, is that we become like prodigals. We get so involved, so caught up in the ministry 
that we become like prodigals. And you know the story of the prodigal son. He wanted his own and then he took off and wasn't very wisely in how he depleted his resources. The idea about the prodigal is that he left without the father. And sometimes we find ourselves so caught up in the business of ministry, so caught up in, in, in our work, so caught up in our calling or our new promotion or whatever case it might be. We thank God that we got it, but then we take off without the father. So one way of, of reconciling ourselves back to a place of replenishment, whether it be getting the physical rest we need, getting the mental contemplation that's going to help us to think clear, or whether it's just spirituality that's going to infuse our spirit with more of God's presence and more of God's reality. We've got to do that. And so being a prodigal, we can always find our way back to the Father and, and uh, experience that closeness that we once had. That is so true. And I just took my second Sunday off. And and I, I almost sensed a kind of a disappointment with me doing that, you know. <laughs> what uh, is that? With other, you know, I thought, wow, they don't seem happy. But I realized that's a blind spot people have. Exactly. Is they don't understand what you're actually going through. We get up there, we preach, we smile, we shake hands, and, and we try to be happy all the time. <laughs> and... But I realized if I did not do this, this is based on what you were teaching, brother. I'm telling you, wow. um, I wasn't going to break down or anything. But boy, I feel I feel so much better. In fact, I have been doing more prayer. I write my blog, putting out devotionals every day this uh, in February. And so then, these are things I wasn't just resting in a chair watching TV. You know, I was actually refreshed enough to do things that I should do things that were deep in my heart. So let me ask you, what are some of the blind spots that we have as as pastors or caregivers in relation to why we do not do self-care? Well, I think for one, you know, we we have to be careful that we don't develop what we call a Messiah complex. You know, uh, I am not somebody else's Holy Ghost and I don't want people so dependent upon me that I've got to be the personality that they got to connect with. I did the same thing in my church to where, you know, once at least one Sunday out of the month, I'm not preaching, you know, and, and, and I've in, intentionally did that because not only do I want to raise up others to be able to uh, do the kind of things that are essential, but I also need to give myself time to sit back, take a break and reflect. And so, one of the blind spots is that Messiah complex or feel like that we're the only one that can do it. Second thing is that I'm the set man. And so being the set man, then really the buck stops here, as it were. But the truth is they're all God's people. And we have to learn like the world has has said. And like you got to delegate. Like I learned in the military, you know, the officers don't do it all. And the CEOs don't do it all. You got to delegate. And so part of being a, a forward thinker in terms of self-care is to say, okay, do I really need to do this? And if the answer is no, can somebody else do it better? And if the answer to that is yes, then we need to get that person involved. So that alleviates that blind spot. The other thing, too, that I found 
also is a blind spot is youth. When I was a younger minister, you know, I'm, I'm six, I'll be 63 here in April, and I've been preaching since I was 19. When I was a younger minister, one of the things that I thought, because I had so much energy, I equated my energy to the anointing. But as I've gotten older, as I've gone through life, as I've hit my head a few times and had some experiences, I come to realize, and had some health challenges as well, I come to realize that that was just youth. It really wasn't the anointing. So we can get blinded in our youth because we have so much energy and we think that's the anointing. Whether we're younger or whether we're older, we need to take time out to be alone with God. The only time many pastors even spend time with God in prayer is sermon preparation or getting ready for a teaching. We need to spend time with God just for us. I need to get alone before God. I need to do whatever I need to do for myself physically, psychologically, emotionally for this vessel. Then I can minister out of the overflow. Then I can be a vessel of honor meet for the master's use. Yeah, that's that's a very sound insight. Let me ask you this now. What are some practical ways in which uh, we can engage in self-care and renewal? Well, I think that, you know, I kind of kind of hinted at some of it. One of the easiest ways is to take what you're doing. Take time out. You know, step back from the church. Let somebody else step up. The other way is just maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know if you got any cabins back there <laughs> in Indiana. We but do. the idea is is to, to break away, to go to some spot, you know, in nature. It's there's something medicinal about solitude. It's something salvific about nature. And so going to a place of nature, we're able to not only get the physical rest that we need, that is turning the iPhone off and turning off Facebook or whatever type of social media outlet that have drawn some of our attention and give ourselves to solitude and silence. The second thing is, and I talked about this in one of the episodes, was Lectio Divina, you know, and that has to do with reflecting upon scripture. And I think that I've talked to a few that say, well, we already do this. Yeah, we do it in terms of sermon preparation, but what about, are we doing it in terms of, of vessel preparation? I don't just want to prepare the sermon, but I want to prepare the vessel. What are we doing to prepare ourselves to meet our own spiritual needs so that we can be ready to meet other spiritual needs. So I think those are just two ways by which we can do that. Excellent, excellent. And I encourage you who are watching and listening to be sure to tune in to the Talking Points program on Facebook Live. You can actually put in, just log in or look for uh, Stephen Gardner Talking Points. You'll find that in Facebook. You can also visit the website right there, drstephengardner.com. And I want you to go there and, and just follow follow his work, his research, and resources. What other projects are on your heart and mind? What else is in progress? Well, right now, um, you know, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. And so um, I'm really trying to roll out this Urban Hope Leadership Institute. 
um, I, I, you know, and, and to make it more uh, um, available for others. So I'm, I'm, that's my primary emphasis. As I look long term with that, obviously I'm going to be calling upon other uh, scholars and other leaders and, and the like that are experts in their field so that we can begin to put together curriculum, so we can begin to brainstorm, have think tanks, whatever, about resolving some of the issues that exist between uh, between uh, a parish and and the community. And so, um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, like I said, I learned, you know, uh, Brian, even through my own uh, health issues, to not to try to bite off more than what I can choose. So what I can do is work on what I am doing. And see, that's another thing, you know, is find ways. And, and here are some things. I mean, I can make some suggestions, but find ways to reduce stress in your life. Yes. Because stress in your life is going to lead to, you know, physical issues. It's going to lead to health issues, hypertension. The other thing that I found that has helped me is diet and exercise. I didn't say diet it. I said diet. You know, <laughs> diet and exercise. So right. some of the things that I'm doing, I juice every day. In addition to, you know, I, I watch my carbs, you know, uh, I watch, I cut back on my sugar intake. I juice every day and I'm engaged in a path to at least get to the gym. If I'm doing nothing else that week but walking, I feel better. I think better. I don't feel as sluggish. All of that is part of taking care of self. Obviously, that's geared toward the physical aspect. But if we preach, teach, counsel, and we spend 50 or 60 hours a week doing this kind of work, we need to at least spend a, uh, uh, an adequate amount of time in re restoring, uh, replenishing our reservoir, as it were. Excellent. So true. And taking that walk is so important. Uh, now, you're in Phoenix, Arizona, so you yeah, can don't start. walk. Don't start. <laughs> Don't. Here in Indianapolis, <laughs> right by now, we can't walk a whole lot. <laughs> I'll leave yeah. you alone with that. But the point's well taken. Now, finally, let me ask you this. You want to share anything with our viewers and listeners that we haven't already covered? Well, you know, I, I think that we pretty much have talked about, you know, the, uh, I think the important things are. Um, uh, I just want to encourage the listeners, especially if you're a p person of faith, is to be open uh, uh, to think outside the box in terms of, you know, doing ministry. And this is a whole nother topic, you know, find a need in the community, start a ministry that addresses that need. And then if, if so, if so led, then raise a church up out of it. I mean, that's the model that I've used here is that it's more of a need based focus. We find that we got more than enough ministry work to do and that we can engage the people that are in the pew to even find something that they're good at or find something they're passionate about. I think that's, you know, moving the church forward, helping the church shift that paradigm. And we as leaders have that responsibility to do that. And then um, and be open to, you know, topics that that are controversial. You know, I mean, 
or topics that are not thought about. Like I did a series on grief. And um, yeah, in fact, when I did that one on grief, man, I was called upon to do uh, to do several topics on um, a grief recovery to the community. Now I have a project coming up where I'm teaching a class at Arizona State University on grief. And I do a, a whole section on that uh, coming up here in April. So I'm kind of uh, excited about that. Yes. Uh, when I lived in Indianapolis and I was working with uh, Dr. Brown and, and the Ebenezer um, Foundation, I headed up a program called Bridging the Gap. We focus on HIV and AIDS. We've got to get into a place where we're talking about the kind of things that are just public health issues. We can get new sermons and, and new, new points. But then what are we doing to resolve some of the issues? So true. So true. Matter of fact, in my, my area of training, regarding design, uh, graphic design and such, we have a, a term we call user-centered design. Mm. And it's pretty obvious, but what, what does the user actually need? Wow. You know, we don't have a solution in search of a problem. Wow. We're, <laughs> we're going to wow. analyze the situation and then design around what we find. And you're saying the same thing. Yes, all people need is somebody that would listen to them. Listen to them. You know, because we can have that, again, Messiah complex. and Well, you need to have this. But sometimes people just need somebody to listen to them. And and they're not going to always say things that are going to be uh, that you want to hear. So we have to manage our discomfort and just listen to them. Uh, Let's touch a little more. This this thing of uh, managing your discomfort. Well, you know, you know, see, we each of us kind of all live in our own little world. And so when we have this type of interaction, we enter in, we, someone enters into our world, we enter into their world. But when we manage our discomfort, we're thinking about we're becoming an attentive listener, mm-hmm. active listening, as it were. Yes. And I may not even agree with what they're saying. I may not even like what's coming out of their mouth. They may use a few polysyllables, you know, or language that, you know, we may have used to use. But the idea is, is that I need to manage how I feel and to know that they need someone that they can trust because we can't minister to someone that doesn't trust us. And if they can trust me, it gives me an opportunity to begin to bring something to the table that is salvific. I can give them a solution. I can give them an idea. You know, you know, sometimes we if we are very, very religious, we become very judgmental about people's problems and about people's habits. But did we once have some habits? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did we once have some problems? You know, in order to become all things to all people, basically what we have to do is to be attentive to what other people are saying, whether we like it or not, and just so that we can be available, so they can established trust with us. I have been speaking with Dr. Stephen E. Gardner, and he is the uh, CEO of Crown of Hope Ministries. He's founder of the Urban Hope Leadership Institute and the host of Talking Points with Dr. Stephen Gardner on the Vision Stream Network, uh, being broadcast on Facebook Live. I encourage you to go to the website you see on the screen below. You want to connect with Dr. Gardner, Reach out to him, send a message to him. 
even during the broadcast of this conversation, you'll be able to jump online and offer your comments uh, during the time we broadcast this on uh, Vision Stream Network Facebook page. So again, Dr. Gardner, thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Friends, I trust you enjoyed this conversation, another in a series of conversations here on Vision Stream Network. The program is called Conversations in Focus. And I really believe it's important for us to be informed, to be inspired, to get information that we need, to be uh, better equipped to help other people and make a difference in our community and in God's kingdom. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. 